Welcome to the Sunday morning service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Tema Community 5, Ghana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is the following the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. prompt for our morning church services. Your life will never be the same again. God richly bless you as you join us in the service. Amen. Ready for the word of God? Let us pray. Therefore, Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this service. We thank you for the life of everyone who is with us right now, wherever he or she is on the face of the earth. For Lord, the earth is yours and the fullness thereof. We invite you to be with us in this place. And with everyone who is with us, wherever they are this morning, give us your word, give us your spirit. And let the entrance of your word bring light to drive out every form of darkness. Let your word bring understanding to the ignorant and deliverance to everyone living in bondage. My Lord and my God, it's my prayer today that your word will bring prosperity to everyone living in poverty, everyone who is lacking. Let your word exalt and magnify your name in the entire world today again. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. Three verses, 14, 15, and 16. Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16. This is Jesus' teaching and this morning, I'm going to take my scripture from the NIV, New International Version. In fact, from the Scofield's Bible. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its lampstand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. The title of this morning's message is The Believer as the Light of the World, Part 1. 
The believer as the light of the world. And this morning we do part one and next week we continue and end with part two. The title is The Believer as the Light of the World. Praise the Lord. The last two weeks or so we have dealt with the believer as the salt of the world. The believer as the salt of the world. And this morning we continue the believer as the light of the world. Jesus is speaking. He said, you are the light. We are the light of the world. You, as a believer, are the light of the world. In a city on a hill, the New King James says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Hmm. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket or a bowl. Instead, they put it on, on a lampstand, on this lampstand, so that it may give light to everyone in the house. You don't light it. Light and put it under a basket or a bowl. In the same way, Jesus is saying, commanding us, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In other words, the light that is in you, let it shine before men. Hallelujah. Beloved, uh, Today and next, we're going to look at some deep things, highly spiritual things. And the more highly you understand spiritual things, or the better you understand highly spiritual things, uh, the better you are positioned in the world to shine as light, glorify God and to receive the blessings that go with it. Let me say that again. The better you understand deep things, deeply spiritual things, not, not, not superficial things, not things that even unbelievers know, but when you know more than what unbelievers know, deep things, and we are launching to the deep the more or the better you are placed to shine as the light in the world. Therefore, or thereby glorifying your Father who is in heaven, and that's how you position yourself to be a man or a woman after God's own heart. And then, ask whatever you desire. It shall be done for you. God is light. God is light. God himself is light. He said the believer is the last of the world. But God himself is light. Now let's go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Sorry, 1 John chapter 1. I beg your pardon. 1 John chapter 1, 5 to 7. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, 
yet walk in the darkness. We lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now, this is the message. This is the word of God. This is what God is saying. And this is what is being declared to you this morning and have been declared to you for a long time now. That God, the first point, that God himself is light. And therefore in him, there's no darkness at all. There's no darkness whatsoever in God. Now, if you and I claim to have fellowship with believers, to have fellowship or to walk with him, and yet we walk in darkness, then we are liars. We lie. You lie. You are a liar. And do not live by the truth. Don't live by the word of God. Do not live by the truth. The word of God is truth. That's the ultimate truth. The word of God is the reference point of truth. All truth originates from the word of God. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, God is in the light. If we therefore walk in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with God. We have fellowship with God. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses or purifies us from all sin. God is light. Just say, God is light. Jesus said he is the light of the world. Jesus said that he is the light of the world. John's Gospel, chapter 8. John 8. Let's go to John's 8. John's Gospel, chapter 8. Verse 12. The gospel according to St. John, chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. May you all have the light of life. These are, we're going to go into deeper, we're going to explain it further and further as we go along. But Jesus said that, I am the light of the world. He is the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In other words, in this life, there are some lights that most people don't have. Only those who follow Jesus, as he is the light, and you follow him, only those who follow him will have or will receive this light of life. The light of life. Tell us the light of life. Now, the same John's Gospel chapter 9. John 9, verse 5. John chapter 9, verse 5. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is saying that while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, child, look at this. 
Jesus here was teaching on the mountain. And he said, as long as he was in the world, he was the light of the world. The light has come. When you go to John chapter 1. He is still in the, in the world, but not physically. But now, he has made you and me the light of the world. While I am in the world, he said, I am the light of the world. Though he is still with us spiritually, physically now is you and me. It's our turn. And we must continue to be this light in the world. And that's why the believer is the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Church, if you agree with me, then clap your hands for Jesus. Now, we therefore see that here, Jesus, who is God, is saying in Matthew 5.14, that you, the believer, you and I, let me, let me say it again, we are the light of the world. In other words, <laughs> without believers in the world, the whole world will be plunged into darkness. Without the presence of believers, followers of Jesus in the world, whether you believe it or not, whether you accept it or not, it doesn't matter. This is God speaking. God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. This is God speaking. In other words, if we had no believers, if at any time there are no believers in the world, the whole world will be plunged into darkness. It's like lies off. You know, whenever in Africa or Ghana we have frequent lights off, blackouts, and it's interesting, anytime light goes off, you, you, you watch. The light will be on. But when the light goes off, but then you hear, oh, the whole city, all you hear that, oh. After a while, when the light comes on, then, hey, praise the Lord. You agree with me? There's a, there's a, 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 there's a response for when the light goes off, because then darkness has come. And then when the light comes on, there's celebration and jubilation because the light has come. May you be the light of the world. In the name of Jesus. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Now, you and I can conclude that now, with regards to light in the world, the believer and God are the same. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He's the light of the world. God said, he's the light. God is light. Jesus said, he's the light of the world. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world. That, therefore, it means that when it comes to being light in the world, we are equal, we are in the same way, similar to Christ, to God. And these are the things that you need to understand. So you not quench the light. You not turn off the light. Or you not point your light in a different direction. Or you not hide your light under a bowl or a basket. But you let your light, which no one has, except only those who are properly positioned in Christ have. 
so that this light will shine in the world. And the light will shine from you. It's not going to shine from somewhere else and fall on you. It will shine. It will originate from you. May the light of the world originate from you. In the name of Jesus. Clap our two hands for Jesus. Now, the believer, you and I, basically, essentially, are followers of Jesus. Imagine Jesus walking along and you are following him. We are following him. He is light. You cannot follow him and be darkness. <laughs> you cannot, Elder, you cannot be following light and you are in darkness. And the light that is in him falls on you and makes you light. And we know that darkness cannot overcome light. I've not seen, and it has not happened since the world began, where darkness has turned off light. It is light that conquers darkness. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. Therefore, as you follow Jesus, the light that is in him, he being the light, let that light quench, destroy every form of darkness that is in your life. Only if you allow it. And may you all allow it. Meshachah, may you all allow that light. In the name of Jesus. Say amen to that. Now, what we talk about, what made the believer the light of the world? What makes you as a believer the light of the world? Your character and your nature. What makes your character what makes your nature, what makes you become the light of the world? <laughs> Amen. Because see, Christ, as our God, as our leader, commands all followers to follow him as the light. You cannot be following him and walk in darkness. You cannot. It's not possible. If you are walking in darkness, it means that you are not following him. Because God wants the believer, character and nature, to be like him. God made man his own image, his own likeness from the beginning. And we know that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, all he's a new creation, all things become new. He becomes a new creation. All things become new and all things gone away. Therefore, you cannot be following Jesus and still be walking in darkness. And how do you get this light? How do you become this light? Go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. First verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. We look at something here. You may not have seen it before, but now, may you see it. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. Oh, thank you, Lord. If you are there, say amen. amen. And we, who with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory 
which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And the Bible is saying here that the believer or the Christian undergoes a radical transformation to become more and more like Christ. You see, when you're born again, we say you are a new convert. You have just begun. You can only live on milk, like a newborn baby. Milk. Then later on, you go to solid food, semi-solids. And later on, food and even bones. The Bible is saying here that a believer, over a period of time, must undergo a radical, a complete, a total transformation to be more and more like Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the very image of Jesus Christ. And how does this happen? Bible says it's like the new kingdom says like looking into a mirror. And then you are looking at the glory of Jesus. Glory of God in a mirror. So, verse 18, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. Now, what it means is that the unbeliever has a veil <laughs> covering his face. The God of this world has blinded unbelievers by putting a veil over their faces so that the light of the gospel and there's light in the gospel that don't shine on them. No matter what you preach, no matter what we teach, they don't seem to get it. They just don't get it. They just don't get it. But you and I have got the veil removed. So we have unveiled faces. Our faces are unveiled. When we come for wedding ceremonies, we don't pronounce you husband and wife until the veil has been removed. And you can see yourselves clearly. And we ask yourself, we ask the man, is this the woman that you intend to marry? Then he said, yes. And of course, the woman too will say, I do. There has to be that recognition. So, a believer doesn't have a veil over his face. Unfortunately, there are many in the house of God who still are walking about with their faces veiled. The veil has not been removed. Now, once the veil is removed, then you are able to see clearly. You are able to see everything the way God wants you to see it. And you begin to see the glory of God. It's like looking into a mirror and seeing your reflection. It's like seeing the reflection of God. It's like seeing a reflection of the glory of God. And these are deep spiritual things. You begin to see the glory of God. And the more you see that glory, it begins to transform you. It begins to transform you until a time will come when you become the very image, the very image of Jesus. Church, may you all be the very images of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Nibuetan, may you be the very image of Jesus. 
Praise the Lord. Many Christians, so-called Christians, still have the veils over their faces. And therefore, there's no transformation taking place. In other words, if you're a believer, and after one year, two years, three years, you are the same. You are the same. Then there is no transformation or very little transformation taking place in your life. And may you all be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Clap for Jesus. The same Second Corinthians chapter 3. Sorry, chapter 4. The same Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 6 and 7. Same Second Corinthians, this time chapter 4. Verses 6 and 7. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now, this is Paul speaking. Talking about himself and therefore about believers. He said, that same God who commanded light, <laughs> listen carefully, God commanded light to shine out of darkness. God said, let there be light, Genesis chapter 1, and there was light. Let there be light. God just spoke, commanded, and there was light. That same God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Because in the beginning, in the beginning, that was a God made heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was without form. It was formless and void. It was chaotic. <laughs> darkness. Darkness. It all began with darkness. Was upon the face of the deep. Darkness was there. Darkness. You can't get anywhere with darkness. But the Spirit of God was keeping everything under control. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You see, God keeps, always keeps things under check. So it don't go beyond a certain limit. Then God came and said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was what? Good. The light was good. Now, that same God has commanded light to shine out of you. If you could command light to shine from darkness, the whole world, creation, now he commands that light to shine in your heart, in your spirit. So in your spirit, there's no darkness. God has commanded it. God has commanded it. That in your heart, mean your spirit, there's been no darkness. No darkness at all. And this light shining from your spirit allows you to see the glory of God. To manifest the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Because of what Christ has done for you and done for me. Otherwise, it will not be possible. This may look a bit too difficult to understand, but it's very simple. Very, very simple. Therefore, verse 7 says, verse 7 says, 
Now, this power of God, this all-surpassing power of God, as difficult and as impossible as it is, as strange as it may sound, as, let's say, even weird as it may sound, it is the power of God that does it. Not, you may not understand it, but it is the power of God that has done it. And this power, this thing has been put into human bodies, earthen vessels, vessels of clay. It has been put in our bodies to show that it is the power of God and not from us, not from anybody else. It has been placed. It is in your body, in your spirit. Believe it or not, understand it or not, it has been placed in your body, in this body of clay. It is there. So that you know, understand, that it is not from man. Man cannot do it. But it is through the all-surpassing power of God. It is by the ultimate, the the limitless power of God. And God has done it. God has done it. And therefore, you as you sit here this morning, Michelle Camp, Tessie, New Boy Town, wherever you are, remember that God has put in you, shining in you, his light. And that light, therefore, must shine, must go out. If you decide to keep it under a basket, that is your problem. Because a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Those of you who have, tra who have traveled um, by air, especially at night, night travel, when the plane takes off and is flying over Accra or any city in the world, you don't see the buildings. From whatever height you are, you don't see the building. All you see is the light. You see the street lights shining. And even a crowd then begins to look very beautiful because of the light. One day I was flying from uh, Lagos, and it was a night flight. And the guy sitting next to me, he was a Lagosian. When we took off, he said, Ah, sharp. Now let God be beautiful like this. <laughs> look at the lights. <laughs> and if I let God look beautiful, I cry, I look beautiful. Praise the Lord. Because of what? The light. Therefore, if your light will shine out of you, no darkness, may you all look beautiful in the eyes of God. Clap your two hands for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Church, are you getting something this morning? Then say, thank you, Jesus. Now, what is the nature of this light? This light we are talking about, what is the nature of that light? Maybe you're asking, what is this light at all? Now, light is clear and pure. Clear and pure. Just say clear and pure. Light is clean. There's nothing like dirty light. Light is always clean. It is good. God says, God said that light was good. It is right and true. Therefore, 
as a child of God, you are clean. Clean. There's nothing, no uncleanness, no impurity. If you are good, you manifest goodness. Because God is good. You, manifest, you cannot be following Jesus who is good and you are bad. You can't follow Jesus who is good and you are bad. Bad. If you are right, you do the right things. You know the difference between good and right. You know that this is good and this is right. And you choose to do good, the good thing. If you are true, you don't tell lies. You don't lie. Not to yourself. Some of you even lie to yourselves. Hallelujah. So we're talking about clean, good, right, and true. Know these things down. Know them down. That's what life is. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, 8 to 12. You look at it. Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 8 to 12. Ephesians 8. Sorry, Ephesians 5. 8 to 12. The Bible says here in Ephesians 8, oh sorry, why do I keep talking Ephesians 8? Ephesians 5, 8 to 12. For you were once darkness. Look at it carefully. Ephesians 5, 8 to 12. For you were once, some time ago, you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Some time ago, you were darkness. But now, you are light. You are children. You are a child of light. And the fruit of the light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. Light is pure. So, you are pure to begin with, clean to start with. And then, you are right. Do what is right. Truth. And goodness. Goodness. No wickedness. Nothing bad. As much as you can. Goodness. Shall I say goodness? God is good. And all the time. Once again, church, God is good. And all the time. May you also be good all the time. So, we are now. Look at the manifestations of, of this light. How this light manifests. That will prove to you that now you are a true follower of Jesus. Light overcomes darkness. Light, as we have said before, overcomes darkness. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verses 5 to 8. 
First Thessalonians chapter 5, 5 to 8. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. Are you all there, somebody? First Thessalonians 5, 5 to 8. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Hallelujah. We know that God has delivered us from powers of darkness, the kingdom of darkness. God has delivered us from the powers of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his son, Jesus, with the light. The Bible says we are sons of the light. We are all sons of the light. At least I know that our children always bear a strong resemblance to us. Anybody can look at your son and say, oh, this is your child, daughter, oh, this is your daughter, because there's a resemblance, at least. Now, there's a difference between day and night. Here, the Bible is making a difference between day and night. Now, whereas light and darkness. We belong to the day. We belong to the night, to, to, to the light. Now, those who are asleep, unbelievers, those who worship other gods, those who don't know Christ, those who are not following the light, they sleep at night. Now they are living in the darkness. Those who sleep, sleep in the night, means that they are in the darkness. And those who get drunk, sinners, people think, people think that drinking is not a a, a problem. Those who get drunk, they drank in they get drunk in the darkness because they don't they don't they're not walking in the light. That's what it means. They get drunk at night. It means that they are not walking in the light. They're not following the light. That's why they get drunk. But we are sons of the day. We belong to the day. Therefore, we must live as sons of the day. Daughters of the day, church. May you all live as children of the day. By walking in the light. Now, day and night. Here, the meaning is that light overcomes darkness. More power in light than in darkness. Because God said, let there be light. The darkness disappeared and the light took over. When day comes, there's no darkness at all. When the, when the day ends, that's when darkness takes over. If the day should not go, darkness will not come. Remember when Joshua was fighting the Gibeonites? They were fighting the Amorites. He commanded the sun to stand still. For 24 hours, the sun didn't go down. And light gone. For 24 hours, the darkness couldn't come. Not until the day, day has gone, the darkness cannot come. So light overcomes darkness. 
Praise the Lord. Now, practically, practically, if the light of God is shining from you, no darkness can come near you. And may no darkness be able to come near you. If you actually are walking the light, no, you, can't, you are not afraid of a witch. <laughs> Hello? You can't fear a witch. You will not be afraid of a wizard. I think, Father, we heard that the psalmist said, yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of what? Death. I will fear no. If we are here in the house and you fear evil, we fear, we fear the wishes of your family, then stop fearing them because they fear you. They fear you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because light overcomes darkness. If you are the light, anyone who plans something in your house, your shop, it will not work. No curse will land on you. No curse will ever land on you. I told you before that we are this old lady, a pensioner. In fact, she and her husband were pensioners. The, the husband was a, a, a soldier who retired many years ago, became an old man and died. And his benefits, his wife, very old lady, bought a container that and started selling second-hand clothes that she might earn something. Attention. Somebody went and planted juju, juju in front of a container where she stepped to enter in the night. She didn't see it. But what she saw that when she stepped on that spot to enter the shop, she heard Ajay. She heard it clearly, Ajay from the ground. And said, Ah, Rebeni, what is this? Then she saw somebody had somebody had dug the place. So he started to investigate. Got a, a catalyst, began to, to dig. And what is he see? Lizard head, cockroach tail, cola, uh, all kinds of things put together. She brought it to the church, showed it to us. We all saw it. It didn't affect her. Nothing happened to her. But something happened to the juju down there. Praise the Lord. Oh. May you fear no evil. Because light overcomes darkness. Praise the Lord. Church, are you getting something? These are some of the few benefits, some of the many benefits we get by being the light. So light overcomes darkness. Light enlightens. Light enlightens. It enlarges a person's vision and knowledge of an area. Light enlarges your vision. You understand things properly. You are able to analyze things properly and then come to correct conclusions because you can see things clearly. The ways we see which others cannot see. So light and lightings. And it enlarges a person's vision and knowledge of an area. John chapter 12. John's gospel. Chapter 12. Verse 35 and 36. John 12. 35 
and 36. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Then Jesus told them, John chapter 12, are you there, somebody? 35. Then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. <laughs> Put your trust in the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. The man who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. This life is a walk, it's a walk of life. We are walking, it's a walk of life. And before you take any step, you must know where you are going, what is happening around you. Therefore, the Bible said the word of God, God's word, is a lamp unto our feet. So you know where to step. And a light unto our path. So you know where you are going, the word of God, both for your feet and for where you are going. The man walking in darkness doesn't know where he's going. Doesn't know where he's going. It is sad for you to be a Christian believer and not know where you are going. It's only when you fall into the pit, you fall into the, the manhole, that you realize that you have made a mistake. The mistake was made to you long before. Don't wait to fall into it before you realize that you're falling into a pit. Walk in the darkness, and then you will not fall. The light will show you where you should go because it will show you everything clearly. In this life, we take decisions every time. We take decisions all the time. Decisions about even what to eat, where to go, where to sleep, who to marry, how to bring up your children, even the church that you must attend, the church that you are a member of. These are all decisions. And you need to have the light to be able to see clearly. See very clearly. Amen. Imagine someone who, who is brought. This person was in a church. In fact, he became very prominent in, in his church. And the church were thinking of making him a pastor. The church after I've been there for a while, now they were considering inducting him as a pastor. But this man was going through severe demonic attacks. Severe demonic attacks. To the point that now he was almost about to die. All his finances destroyed. Now his body was being attacked. He was almost at the point of death. Then they brought him. We were in chapter, chapter 4. They brought him. At the time when church had closed, we had all gone home. They brought him, they brought him to the office. The office. And when we began to pray for him, I think it was me, my wife, and I think Mrs. Tegu. Only a few. My wife and Mrs. Tegu were the ushers. And then his wife who brought him. In the office that day, within a short time, it didn't take a whole day or hours. We were able to cast out, in Jesus' name, we cast out eight demons Eight demons out of this man. This man was slated to be a pastor in his church. Eight demons. When the demons were cast out, he became healed. He became healed. He became well. 
After a while, now, this man told me that his church was about to make him a pastor. So if we are not going to make him a pastor, he's going back to his church. <laughs> if we don't make him a pastor, he's going back. Sir, so consider this. So I said, well, what brought him here was his sickness and attacks. And now he's delivered. <laughs> so we didn't say we're going to make him a pastor. In fact, he, doesn't, he didn't qualify to be a pastor. So if he wants to stay here as a member, he's more than welcome. But if his pastor is talking about then, it's not going to happen. So he got angry and left. He left. It's amazing how this man couldn't see. He couldn't see clearly what was going on around him. And after he had left, at one time, demons manifested and said, oh, that man, they, they called me a fool. And he was a fool. In chapter 4. You see, God, when you are in the light, indeed, God expects you to see everything clearly. Even the church that you must be a member of is important. The church. You can't say you are leaving one church, a better church, to go to a lesser church. It's not possible. Only when you follow Jesus, you are the light, that you can see this. Because many make that mistake. And sometimes mistake can be fatal. If you are in a church where you can see things clearly, then you always, you always desire to be among the congregation. You want to be there, not the anointing. You don't want to, when the church is meeting, that's the time that you are attending some social function somewhere. Knowing that then it will mean that you'll be away for about two or three weeks. It doesn't make it biblical sense to me. It doesn't make spiritual sense to me. Church, may you all walk in the light. Decision-making, day-to-day decisions. Only if you are in the light can you make the right decision. And may you all make the right decisions. So the light enlightens. The light enlightens. The light is able to differentiate between the right way and the wrong way. What is right and what is wrong. Beloved, it will interest you to know that there are many in the world who we say have a seared conscience. Their conscience, their mind is seared. When you have a seared conscience, it means that to that person, good and right, good and wrong are the same. They don't know what is good and what is wrong. That person can wrong you and it doesn't mean that to, to, it doesn't even realize it. There's a, an amalgamation, a mixture of good and wrong. They don't see, they cannot, they're not able to draw the line. Therefore, they, they can do something wicked to you and it doesn't bother them. And you wonder, ah, this person, is he correct at all? He's not correct. He's not correct because his conscience is seared. Hallelujah. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. When you are in the light, you are able to differentiate between the right way and the wrong way. John 8, John chapter 8, verse 12. And this is what we show that you are actually walking in the light. You are following Jesus. John 8, verse 12. 
When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Will have the light of life. Now, light eliminates, does away with the chaos of a crooked and perverted world. This world is crooked, perverted. This world is bad. The world, as you see, it is very bad. Very, very crooked. Very, very bad. Very bad. Every day I get a warning from my bank. I'm sure some of you, some of you have been receiving it. Echo Bank and Standard. Don't solicit to, to all kinds of phone calls. People calling me. Uh, oh, me, 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 uh, Linda, Linda, oh, you won't call me. Linda Ben, oh, now one call me. Where is me? okay, Linda Ben, Linda what? Oh, I am uh, uh, Mr. Boatin, Mr. Boatin Oh, engineer or ECG, Accra. I don't know any engineer Boatin. Oh, one call me, doctor. I don't know how they know I'm a doctor. They get my, my number. So, doctor, one call me, Mr. Boatin, engineer ECG in Cairo. In Cairo, we need more help. Ah. Doctor Pandu and Kame. One day they got me. You know how they got me? I have a friend who is in Canada, called Samuel. And he comes now and then. In fact, he even bought me a wristwatch at one time. About Ghana. And he was in Ghana. I knew who had come to Ghana. When someone called me. And the voice sounded exactly like Samuel. So when he said, Doctor, I said, Samuel, he said, I'm a kotum. I've landed in the soup. <laughs> Is that somewhere? It's all I'm um, here yeah, somewhere. Somewhere is saying, you know, I operated on his mother. I did, I worked on, I did surgery for the mother, so we became friends. So I said, well, how is your old lady? So they are smart too. So I said, somebody says, oh, you know, doctor, I've sent my driver, I'm in the village. And I've sent my driver to Accra to do some things for me. Toyota Tundra pickup. You know, it's a big vehicle, VH. The driver had just called me that he had run out of fuel on the way. You know, I'm now in Ghana and um, I don't have, you know, mobile money or I'm not ready. So please, can you send some 200 CDs to him to buy petrol? Now we'll reimburse you later. Oh, some minor problem. So quickly. I sent her 200 CDs. Then within 30 minutes, I got a call. Oh, doctor, petrol now sound. The petrol is, the, the, is, is, is a V8 Tundra is a big engine. So the petrol is just gone. So can you send 500 CDs? And I said, ah, I knew someone would never do that. Because he's a, he's a very wealthy person. He's, he's okay. You will not be asking for 200, 500. For a tundra from a village to Accra. So I said, ah, we are somewhere. Or say, I. Are you somewhere? Say, I. We are 419. You are not somewhere. You are a 419. You are darkness in the world. Then he got angry. Somebody will not get angry. So should I be stuck? I'm in the forest, in a, on a crowd. I'm, so you want me to be stuck here? 
I say, Kakwamu, my friend, VM. Now you know, I say, Kwasia. When you ask Kwasia, they get paid, 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 they get this world is crooked. Now they are all over the place. So every day I get, I get those from my bank. Please don't listen to people asking for your, uh, your PIN, asking for your password, even asking for your telephone number or whatever. Don't echo bank. They are always sending me, please, 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 and sign chat. So I'm also sending you that notification now. Because <laughs> this world is crooked. It's perverted. It's bad. And when they get you, they will not spare you. They will wipe out your entire credit from your account, even lead you with a debt. They will even go and take overdraft in the bank. Praise the Lord. This is the world that we are living in now. At night, when I close from church, I'm going home. As soon as I leave the church from Tema, prostitutes standing by the roadside. All the very prostitutes and drinking bars. People are drinking. And when we get to a place at East Legon, they call that place at Temuda. How many of you know at Temuda? They call that place at Temuda. That's, that's why you have about a thousand prostitutes. And the fact that they come there every night means that they get, they get business. Otherwise, they are still coming. Otherwise, they are still coming. And you see some cars parked there, powerful cars talking to them. Hallelujah. Because I feel like stopping to go and wake them. But they, when I see them, they, they will think I'm also going for business. Going to witness to them about Jesus. But if they see my car pass, they think I'm, everybody who knows me will think I'm also going for business. So I don't stop. Praise the Lord. Only light, only light can differentiate between this crooked perversion. That you know what to do and what not to do. Philippians 2, verse 15. Philippians 2. So all you 419 people, Hear me today. Remember, you are living in the darkness and repent. Philippians 2.15 Philippians 2 verse 15 So that Are you there somebody? If you are there, say amen. amen. So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. You shine like stars. You see, when you look at the sky in the night, the sky is dark. But you see the stars, don't you? And that's how God sees the, the universe. That's how, the, the, the New King James says as, you shine as lights in the world. When God looks at the world in the night, or any time, it's dark, darkness. But then he sees his children, those who follow Jesus, as dust of light all over the world. May you all be light in the universe. Amen. Church, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. If God looks and sees you as light, may you all be light in the universe. Amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Amen. Next, we are getting to the end. Next, light. When you have the light, you get warning. Light warns. Light warns of dangers that lie ahead in a person's life. When you are walking the light, you will not stumble. 
you not fall. You don't sustain injuries. God, the light will warn you of dangers that lie, that lie ahead. Ephesians 5, against Ephesians 5, verses 11 to 13. Ephesians 5, 11 to 13. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. But it's shameful to even it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Church, may all your life be exposed, your life be exposed by the light. Years ago, when I was in secondary school, I used to go to my village, now and then, Kumeu. And there's a place I, I always pass. The place was level ground. And I went there one time, and it was, I was going there, and there was a night time, no, no light, darkness. Not knowing they had, they were, they had dug a trench. Trench, where they were going to lay some uh, cables, something there. A deep trench, I didn't know. All I know is that oh, this is a place I pass here all the time. No warning of danger. So I was just going, going, going. Then before I knew, I was airborne. I was suspended in midair. I fell into the mind. Was a man who I fell into. I have some scars here to show for it. Every time I see it, years ago, I fell into the man who I didn't break any bone, but I scratched my arm here. I sustained injuries because of the dark. I couldn't see where I was going. No warning. There was no warning sign. Nothing there. Fell into the deep. And I still have the, the scar here to show for it. So, beloved, when you walk in the light, you see clearly where you are going. And you can see if there's danger ahead, you should be able to see it. You must see the danger ahead. And you must therefore avoid the danger. But if you walk in darkness, then you walk straight in the darkness, you may stumble, you may fall, and you may sustain injuries. It may not be physical injuries. It can be emotional injuries. No, I always say, I always say, especially to those of us who are believing God for marriage, if all the believers in the house of God were actually walking in the light, if every believer would actually be walking in the light, listen to me carefully, you wouldn't have to pray for one month to get a wife or a husband. No way. If every believer, that means that everyone will be qualified. Every woman, every man will then be qualified, qualified to be a husband or a wife. You don't need to search too hard. You don't need to pray too hard. In fact, I, I can imagine a time when we can just match you. We have go you there. Just go through and take one. Like God, we are all children of light. Hello? Praise the Lord. In other words, what you can, what, what, what one wife, what one woman will, behave, will do as a wife, the other woman will do the same thing. So what's the difference? What's the difference? But because though we are in the house of God, many of us are, have still some areas of darkness in our lives. Therefore, we pray and pray and pray and pray. God sees you as light. May God see you as light. God hears your prayers. And God cannot give you a serpent or a stone or a scorpion. So now God looks 
at the church or the whole time. Trying to see whom he can give to you as a wife or a husband. God will look through and through and through and through. And most of them are stones, serpents, and what else? What else? So how can God give you a scorpion? This, this is my understanding. And therefore, for six months you are praying, and as if God has not heard you. It's not God. It's us. We are a problem. But may God prepare everybody for marriage. May God prepare us all for marriage. In the name of Jesus. Clap your two hands for Jesus. In other words, as you are praying, make sure you are also walking in the light. Now, where must a believer shine his or her light? Finally, where? This light, where must we shine it? The world is the place where believers are to live and shine their light. Not, not in, the, it's in the world. Not even in the church. Outside. Not in the church. After the church, everybody appears to be light. Everybody is, appears pure, right, good, righteous. But outside, the world... That's where we live. That's where we must shine our light. This is because the world is number one. The world is <laughs> confused and groping in darkness. The world is in darkness, confused, groping. When you are groping, it's like, it's like a blind person groping. Hello? The world is confused. The world out there, take it from me. Take from the Bible. It's confused. And it's groping. In other words, whenever you meet somebody and you are going to go into some kind of agreement with that person, whether business agreement, whether marital agreement, even the school that your children attend, is that person or that place part of the world where there's confusion? And they are groping, groping in the dark, darkness, groping. Now they don't know where they are going, they are just groping. The world out there is confused. Confused. They don't, they don't know what is going on. They are confused. And they are groping in darkness. But you are the light of the world. So you shouldn't be confused. And you shouldn't be, you should not be groping. You must, you must know, understand what is going on. You must know where you are going straight. You must walk straight and not turn to the right hand or to the left hand. You must not be groping. Church, may you be the light of the world. Amen. Praise the Lord. Clap your hand for Jesus. Where are we to shine? The world. Because the world is ignorant. And in danger of eternal death. The world, is in, the world is ignorant. They don't know anything. But they refuse to learn. They refuse to know. They refuse to hear. They refuse to understand. They don't know anything. And so they will try to teach you. I have a friend, my classmate, classmate who is a, is a big man. He was a, a big man in a big company. Big multinational company. And um, Sometimes when I go to Accra, I used to pass through his office. Just to say hello. Because I used to pass by his office. So I'll say hello. We're classmates for seven years. Schoolmates. So we know each other very well. Become a, a big man in a big company. 
And I'll go there. And if I haven't been there at lunchtime, he took me. They had a restaurant, dining room, the company. We go there and we sit down and eat lunch. And this man claims to be a Christian. But his Christianity is so superficial, I don't know anything at all. They know anything. He's, he's ignorant. Very ignorant. And he would try to get me to do some things. And when I say I won't do it, they say, oh, you mentioned some senior ministers who are in that group. <laughs> they are, and I said, well, Bishop, we were her way, right reverend, we were her say, we, uh, you know, he mentioned some, now who this, uh, Dr. Edwards, your small church, and you say you don't do it. They're big, 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 they are all, they are, you know, we are all in the secret society, you know, Freemasons, yeah, yeah, odd fellows. Who they, who, what's it then? Ignorance. Ignorance and confusion. So it doesn't matter how educated a person is. It doesn't matter how, how his social standing is. It doesn't matter what his title is. He may even be a very senior, so-called senior minister of the gospel. But if you walk in the light, you can see that this person, in him, there's some darkness. Some, some, dark, some, some dark areas. Some very dark areas. Some dark areas. I was shocked when, um, I think it was um, um, Akufado's inauguration at the Independent Square, when they were inviting dignitaries. And I was about to see, uh, what, is, what is his name? Is that, that guy who, Prophet of Doom, what's, what's his name? Yes. Uzbempa also alighted there on the record. I said, what? <laughs> who invited this guy there? <laughs> he also came out dignitaries. He went there because he considered him very, very spiritual. Only spiritual, he has spiritual father. This guy, <laughs> this guy, church, you understand me? <laughs> Hello? We will, not, we will not even invite him here. I'm going to ask him. Now, presidential inauguration, Independence Square, no sabi si hobi. Somebody must invite you. You are sending a letter, BBIA, I'm not a VIP, or maybe. Because if it's all your spiritual, I'm going to ask someone who says, say, on this, we be, we be, on the, on the, on the, Praise the Lord. But I, I saw him long ago. Long ago because I, I was watching to one day and he was in a certain church in America. People invite him to America to go and minister. Nobody has invited me before. But he goes to America to minister. Goes to many places in the world. And he was saying that on when he started the ministry, I watched him on, on TV video. When he started his ministry, the Spirit of God took him. He said, Holy Ghost, no, no, for I think two or three years. Motia, Motia. Holy Ghost. for three years. Motia. So the world is ignorant. And ignorance means eternal death. There's a danger of eternal death. The world is chaotic and in trouble. Chaos. Chaotic and in trouble. It's chaos everywhere. And you must know these things. So when you go anywhere you go, what are you doing? Look for 
if there's a sign of confusion, ignorance, chaos, chaos and trouble, then you stay clear. The world is blind, unseen, stumbling and falling. The world is blind, unseen, stumbling and falling. In conclusion, therefore, Acts 13, verse 43. I'll conclude by Acts 13, verse 47, maybe 48. Acts 13, 47. Acts chapter 13, verses 47 and 48. And um, this, this young man who came from this church, I introduced him to you. I came from as a pastor, and I was doing everything to make him see the light and stay. But I know that where he came from, he came from darkness. Hoping that he will see now the light and stay. To encourage him, I introduced him to you here, so that you feel welcome and encouraged. But deep now, I knew that it would be impossible. But I'll do, I'll do everything to make sure that he will stay. Maybe when you have seen the light, he will go and tell the others how the light is. But it turned out to be otherwise. Now, Acts 13, 47, 48. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I've made you a light for the Gentiles. A light for the Gentiles. And that same commandment goes to you. God is making you a light to the world, to unbelievers. I've made you a light for the Gentiles. That you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, verse 48, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. All who were appointed for eternal life believed. God said, told them, he's telling you, I've made you a light for the Gentiles. That's what Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. God did not make you the light of the world for nothing, for a purpose, for your own benefit which I've, I've listed, for the benefit of the world. Light of the world. He didn't say I've made you, he didn't say you are the light. He said you are the light of the world. Show the world the way they should go. Show them the right to be a light to them. That you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth, to everybody. When the Gentiles, the unbelievers, heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. There are some who are appointed. I've taught this before. When I taught you whether a believer can lose his salvation. Some of you are not here, but most of you are here. There are some who are appointed, predestined by God for eternal life. There are some who have been programmed, they have been pre-programmed, appointed by God. So that Jesus, Jesus will be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus, when he comes, he must find he must find many believers who will go with him to heaven. So God, by his own wisdom and power, has selectively elected some people 
elected some people and programmed that for those ones, they have no choice. They must believe. When they hear the word, they believe. And may you be among those ones. These are the ones we call the elect. This is the doctrine of election. Election. God has elected some people. Even in the days of Ahab, Elijah, God said, look, I've reserved 7,000 for myself. I, God, have reserved 7,000 for myself. We have not bowed to bow. They have not bowed the knee to bow. So there are some who God has appointed for eternal life. And they, they cannot do anything else. They have been pre-programmed. My prayer is that all of you may be among that group. Amen? Amen. But the majority of Christians, majority of people, and the Bible talks about these people more, they have the choice. God has given them the choice to decide, to decide whether or not to be among the elect. They also hear the word and they believe. When they hear and they believe, then they are joined. They join the group of those who are elected. Therefore, the most, the, the, the big, uh, most part of the Bible is pleading with these people. Pleading with them. Because those who are elected by predestination, they cannot, they cannot backslide. They cannot lose their salvation. They cannot lose their salvation. It is the rest who by choice have to decide for themselves. These are the ones that God is urging. God is pleading with God. is begging, come, 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 come. And when they decide, then you join the rest. You are the same level as those who are predestined. So the Bible said that when the Gentiles heard this, they heard the word of God, they were glad. They were very happy. And those who were appointed, those who were appointed for salvation, Believed. Believed. Now, the only thing that you cannot tell by looking at someone if whether that person is among the elect or he or she herself decided. And that's why when I go witness, when I preach the word of God, when you come here, um, you hear the word of God in this church, you hear the pure word of God. If we stay, I thank God and I pray that all will stay. But if we start to go away, we may call you or follow up a few times. But if you don't come, we don't, we don't waste our time on you. We move on to somebody else. We don't waste our time on you. My thing may be, you are, you, are, you are not among the elect, or you are, not, you are not decided, you are not saved. We let you go. By all means, doesn't matter what, God will always reserve some who are appointed for eternal life, and they will always believe. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Now, uh, they will always walk in the light. They cannot walk in darkness. Church, today you have heard that you are the light of the world. Friday I was in, Sunday I was in um, Michelle camp, and I was there again on Friday, and again I demonstrated that in fact the light can be seen. Right now, all of us are more spiritual than physical. As you sit here or Walk about here. Remember, right now you are Niboy Town, testing Michelle Camp. Having heard this way, right now, in where you are now, in the house of God, you are, you are sitting on walking on holy ground. You are more spiritual now than physical. And if you have been without throughout anywhere in the world, been following this with interest, and you have been enjoying what you are hearing, I can assure you that right now you are more spiritual than physical. The Bible said that it is God 
who had put this treasure, this treasure in earthen vessels, in human bodies. And therefore, you can even see the light you're talking about. God can open your eyes, you can see the light. Take a clap your two hands for Jesus. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday morning's Bible study and sermon. We believe you have been blessed by the word. Join us same time next Sunday and have a blessed week.